Welcome to the Impact Learning Visionaries podcast, where we celebrate the unsung heroes of the learning and development industry. As always, we'll be bringing some laughter and a bit of fun along the way, but more importantly, you'll get some incredible insights, key lessons, and unique perspectives on everything related and possibly unrelated to training and development. Let's get this show on the road. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Impact Learning Visionaries podcast. I'm joined today by Mustafa Al-Daderi. Mustafa has over 16 years of experience in the field of leadership and skills development, and he has held the title of Head of Learning and Development at various organizations and is currently leading a team at New Media Academy, where he's responsible for developing and delivering new short courses, workshops, and masterclasses for both individuals, corporate, and government institutions. He's passionate about leveraging technology to help individuals and teams reach their true potential. Mustafa, welcome to the show. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much for having uh, this talking to you. Thank so you. let's let's jump in. I, I think uh, you know um, there's there's two things I think that that the viewers would be very curious about. Um, one is is just obviously finding out about your your own story, but but at a later, I'd like to just understand you know the kind of uniqueness of of kind of of what learning and development looks like. Um, in the UAE as well, and and if there are kind of cultural differences and norms that that change the landscape, but let's let's start a little bit with with your story. So tell us a little bit about your background and where you've come from. Yes, sure, of course. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I'm graduated from Faculty for Sports from Alexandria University in Egypt, and uh, my passion started in the sports. I was a tennis player at that time, and then. Uh, I was asking myself all the time, what next? What, what should they look into my career in the sports field if I'm not that professional? So what should they do? So it came to my mind to look uh, after uh, different aspects and try myself in different uh, opportunities or jobs to see where exactly I can fit more. So uh, I remember that I found American University in Cairo having the opening education center for the people to come and study different diplomas in the professional field. And I found the sales manager and marketing diploma, where I started with, uh, it was like 12 course, six in marketing, six in, in sales. So I finished this diploma and I started to approach the market with different visions. But at this time, I realized the differentiation between what can you study in the, in the, in the faculty of a university, and there's a big gap in the market, you see. so. It came to my mind, I said, okay, once I've reached to a certain level in my career, I need to give my experience to the people. It's not only one component of knowledge, it's it's a different component, which, which you need the skills, you need to know how to deal in different situations, and of course, with the knowledge that you can structure these skills and knowledge together. So actually, this is where I started, because all the people asking me, Okay, Mustafa, I'm coming from Faculty for Sports, and now you're working in sales for different many, many years, and now you're working in learning and development. So how it comes mm -hmm. together? This is actually how it comes. This is the story behind. So you, you, I mean, it's it's actually interesting because I think one of the big challenges um, in the learning and development world is how you train salespeople, um, and having been a salesperson to actually training salespeople. There's probably a few little tips and techniques that you've learned along the way there. Um, anything, anything specific that you felt has been quite, 
quite um, impactful in helping to kind of take those sales skills that you've learned into training sales professionals? Yeah, true. Thank you for those questions. It was one of the, the things that made me think about how can I transfer this uh, experience? How can I train people in the training room? How to face this kind of challenges? Because at the end, they are not following the steps in a systematic way. It's, it's, uh, it's already one situation where they need to explore many things and close the sales deal at the end. So uh, I remember the first time I, I had my uh, sales training academy, retail sales training academy in Egypt, where I was doing 100% practical courses, workshops for the people to come. And I was trying to make uh, some mock-ups in, in the training room as a like virtual, class, uh, virtual mm -hmm. store for them. So I can get them the feeling that we are in the store right now how should we act? So in the beginning, I, uh, I was giving them, this is what we need to do, and this is how actually should be, and let's see how we react. So I have two role plays with the, with, the, with the audience to see the difference from the first role play and the second role play. And also for the, for the owner or for the investor seeing uh, the outcome of the training, this is the most important thing for me because all the people started not to believe that much in the training outcome because at the end they are saying look it's it's all it's not theoretical it's not working like this in in in, uh, in the real life it's different while training is very very essential to have different outcome mm. and also i can remember that the investors were asking me okay what if we train the people and people will leave us and uh usually i was replying what if we didn't Three people and they will stay in your company. <laughs> it will be the same thing. So I was I would focus more on the practical things so they can understand the sales process from the beginning until the closing, and also I can train them on different objections, how to handle these objections, and also the different type of customers, because at the end it's all about human relationship. It's not about certain technique you need to follow, then they will sell. No. Everybody is different. The cultures make difference, and you need to be connected to each aspect of the process. Then you can close the deal very easily. Yeah, I think uh, it's more and more as I'm growing old, the more I'm really realizing everything is about relationships and the human experience. Um, you, you you said something quite quite interesting, and and sorry to, to kind of pick on this because I think it's actually an interesting statement you made is is and I wonder how often it gets repeated is is this belief that why train someone if they're just going to leave and I guess that's probably very prevalent in the sales field because yeah I think there's a, a kind of a, a very poorly kept secret in the sales world that sales development representatives generally don't stick around for very long um, it seems like such a bizarre thing to say I mean how 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 often do you find that that you you get that kind of response from business leaders? Actually, I always telling them treat your salespeople as a football players. So uh, this is the good example. So, and once you have the good football players, you need to segment your sales team. So you need to pay more attention for the people who bring more money for you, and try and understand the capability of each one of the team. Then you can give the right training. And get, then you can get the get out like get out the best outcome from those people. But if you treat the salespeople all on the same level without like 
most of them they don't pay like compensation or commission scheme or rewarding or motivate those people to sell more so i always telling them business it's accumulated process and the most important part is the end and i i would giving them the the, the example of having the, the mobile device and you have the charger and you put the charger in the mobile but you forgot to just do the last click so you can make sure it's connected now this is actually about the sales training you need to make sure what you're giving to the people will have the impact and you need to watch them and to make them feel they are the leader whether to stay or to leave or to leave you they, there is there's different aspects the people who will especially the sales people once they feel that they are getting the reward from this place and they can reach and achieve more in this place they will never leave you so we need to understand what's behind the turnover of the sales people then we can fix it yeah good point um, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I think right now you're doing some interesting stuff around kind of the, um, interestingly about around this kind of concept of impact learning and, and understanding almost the, the gap between the traditional tertiary education system and the business world. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, actually I was, uh, when I, I came from Egypt, I came to SAE Institute in Dubai. Uh, I was the head of uh, short courses and corporate training uh, at this time. And it was quite interesting for me to uh, design this kind of short courses for filmmaking and graphic design, game development, and sell it to the corporate it was not something easy, to be honest. It was quite challenging. But uh, again, uh, it, gave, uh, it gave me a, a lot of experience and a lot of connections. And then after this, uh, I found the opportunity in New Media Academy which is semi-government, has been opened by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed, to, to get all the content creators from the Middle East and teach them how to speak in front of the camera, how to build the content, how to have valuable content in the social media, especially in this era of, of uh, social media trends and, uh, and uh, content creation. Uh, and then uh, I found a good another opportunity now with the Canadian University, Dubai, where I can uh, develop much more courses in the field of digital learning, social media, content creation, AI. So now what I'm doing, I'm trying to, to see or to check where's the demand in the market, what's the top 10 demanded jobs for the next five to 10 years in the market, and how can I develop some short courses for the individuals to know about these new things? Because academically, they need to have the full information, the full knowledge about everything, then they need to put it in the structure to have the, uh, the learning outcome in a certain way. But having short courses and master classes and workshops in a practical way that can give the heads and, and, and the, the techniques and the practical experience to the people how to deal in the market, that they will give them the edge and qualify them for the marketplace much more quicker. And this is exactly where I found the vision of Canadian University Dubai to hire me working as a head of uh, executive and corporate training. So the, the, as I understand it, the, the kind of gap you're trying to fill is, is that gap between when someone finishes a degree and when someone starts working, that the belief is that they lack really the pragmatic, practical skills that they need for the job. It, it's a strange thing because, yeah. I mean, most of what I've heard is, is generally that when people leave university, it's more the soft skills that 
the university has ignored. It's, it's interesting that it's the first time I'm hearing it's actually the practical skills as well that the university is not necessarily kind of keeping up with. It really does kind of start to beg the question, what is the university actually teaching students? Uh... <laughs> actually, uh, look, because uh, I always have this conversation with the academic departments. Uh, we have this, you know, spicy uh, conversation between us. Uh, because they are saying we are teaching them, of course, some practical experience. We give them some tips. But again, the main focus in the academic to give them the, the knowledge, comprehensive knowledge about each subject. Because they are keen to give them the, the, the enough knowledge for them about each subject that can qualify them to work in the marketplace. But the timing of the, the, the academic years in, in university is not enough sometimes to give them both knowledge and the skills or uh, let's say experience and knowledge together. There's where you can find many universities around the globe already having this opening education or professional training department to comply or, or let's say to integrate to the academic department, giving them exactly what they need in the practical field. But of course, I cannot deny that uh, there is practical subject with the, with the academic department, but again, we are trying just to integrate between the market, what's, what is needed in the market, and what they have. And, and out of curiosity, how are you identifying those needs? Yeah, as I'm telling you, I'm, I'm checking already uh, what's the, the demand in the market. For, for example, now you will find the market department will going to be completely changed. Uh, there's too uh, many new positions in the marketing field, like uh, content creation management, manager, brand manager, platform manager. Uh, you will find new titles in, 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 the, in the corporate field now asking for different jobs. Uh, so this is where I'm trying to put my eye or trying to focus more with the recruitment companies uh, with LinkedIn to see what's demanded now for the next 10 years in the Middle East, in Europe, so we can understand exactly what is needed in the marketplace and then who's the expert in this field or in, in this subjects where we can bring them to give them to give us uh, like bits of experience or, 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 or uh, how we can deal with these new things. Like, for example, People still do not have clear vision about what's AI. Is it about ChatGPT? Is it about machine learning? They don't know. And even if they know, they don't know exactly how to use it in their life or in their job. So there, there is where we try to find the start or we're trying to find uh, uh, the potential courses uh, to build the mm -hmm. curriculum for. And for the, for the students, how does this how does this kind of work out? Because I'm assuming that they probably already have a very busy schedule, just finishing their degree. Um, I, I I almost don't remember mine anymore, but I can I can kind of reference my daughter's who's just been through her degree. And I imagine if I went to her and said, "Hey, there's all these really great short courses that you can do," I would have probably got a very um, stern look. <laughs> saying are you insane i'm like so busy at the moment i don't have time for that yeah so uh, how, how do you deal with that yeah. 
actually your completely right. Uh, that's why when we, when um, when I started to design the short courses in Canadian University, I always say we have four sessions uh, in a one month, and I'm telling this to the instructor, or maximum two sessions. Each session is two hours. So trying to also to focus more in the engaging, to be uh, more fun in the training itself, not the same thing in the academic field or sitting and listening. No, it's more engaging. So once they attend something like this, it, it, it will be completely different experience having this uh, uh, short courses or uh, uh, attending these classes for only two hours per week or maximum, maximum three, four hours per week. So we're trying to take in consideration their timing and the capacity already they have. So I put these courses from five to seven, maybe sometimes from four to six, based on their schedule. And it's it's short, quiet, and very, very beneficial for uh, for the students. Okay, so you, you've talked about the university and it's, it's identified these gaps. You've talked about going into the industry and looking at you know, recruiters and LinkedIn and seeing what the most common um, types of roles are that are being requested. But obviously the, the missing element we haven't talked about is the companies themselves who are recruiting and hiring. How are they getting, you know, are you working with them? Are they involved in the process? How, how are they part of this equation? Yeah, actually this is where the corporate training comes. The corporate training I'm trying to focus to train the professionals in the government and the private sector. And also I'm checking with the recruitment companies uh, what they need, if they need internship, or what they are looking for, for the students to hire or to get some CVs from us. So uh, here I'm, work I'm not working alone, I'm working with other departments where, uh, where they are handling the, the internship and also uh, the, the students uh, uh, or alumni, uh, uh, let's say affairs or, or, uh, or uh, with the corporate. So. I'm trying to build some courses for the corporate field. I'm checking from the corporate once I'm giving them some training, I'm asking them what exactly you need to hire. Mm. What do you need? If if you need to hire someone without the experience or fresh graduate, what do you need exactly from them to have in their CV? The CV, so once you find it in the CV, you will decide to hire them directly. Because again, they're starting fresh. They don't have enough experience. So we can give them some experience with these short courses to qualify them for the marketplace. So I'm getting this experience or knowledge or feedback from the, the corporate training as well and from my colleagues in the other department who's handling the internship mm -hmm. for the students. And, and you know, we, you're obviously observing this, this problem within the space that you're working in, which is, it seems to be Dubai. Um, do you think this is, this is something that's very specific to Dubai because it's such a fast growing economy. It's come from almost nothing over the last 10, 20 years to being this kind of dominant, um, I suppose, city or, or kind of country that's, that's really kind of starting to dominate a lot of technical, like technology conversations um, and, and other conversations as well. Um, and obviously people are like there's an influx of people, you know, and it's it's like a melting pot of different kind of, of um, cultures and things. But do you see this being very much a UAE or Dubai specific kind of challenge? Or do you see this actually being something that's a problem globally as well? 
uh, to be honest, uh, I just came from the Middle East, so I don't, I cannot judge. But I can feel already because uh, when I when I'm doing the market survey, I found many already many universities in USA doing the same thing. Some universities in 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 uh, in, in Europe doing the same thing. Also in India, they're trying to do the same thing. So it it looks global for me. But having the experience in 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 Dubai. It's a very competitive market now where everybody coming from different places to get a job here. So once you you apply for the job, you will find many people with different skills, with better skills coming from different nationalities, different countries, applying for the same job. So you need to understand exactly how can, if you are a student here in UAE in Dubai, you need to understand what you need to have as, a, as an advantage to apply for these jobs. So here it's quite more com competitive rather than uh, other places because it's very fast growing here in Dubai and in UAE in general. Um, but I believe it could be the same thing in, 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 uh, in mm. other markets globally. And the competitiveness you speak to in Dubai, out of curiosity, is it, is, you know, is, is it a competitiveness more on the employer side who's desperately trying to find can, like good candidates or is it on the candidate side where there's a scarcity of good jobs and there's that competitiveness of trying to differentiate yourself? Actually, it's, it's about the candidate how to differentiate himself for the demand in the market because you can see that the old-fashioned of putting this review with this job description when not working properly well now, you need to look into the skills or what can you bring to the company. You need to choose the right keywords in your CV. You need to put uh, the email body itself has to be very attractive, straight to the point because you need to focus on how to get the appointment with the interviewer first to speak about yourself and how can you bring uh, value to the company. But uh, just having the typical CV uh, applied to different places and you don't receive any feedback or because it's, it's, it's very big now and you need to differentiate or to look into different ways to differentiate your approach to the employers so you can get the response, uh, let's say, quicker and um, and better response from from the marketplace. And I, I guess coming back to the universities, because I'm, I'm just you know thinking in in terms of the the where we find ourselves in the world today with with this kind of technologies like AI coming and starting to put some strain on businesses, um, asking some very tough questions yeah. of businesses. Um, we're starting to see this this emerging trend of this the words like adaptability and creativity and this belief that you're the real superpower of the future is not your ability to learn but your ability to unlearn um, and relearn so it's, it's that kind of adaptiveness um, what what you're kind of describing almost seems to be a awareness from the universities that they're almost too slow to respond to this this kind of demand and they're finding kind of almost ways of being able to address that that disruption in the industry through these kind of shorter courses that bolt on to probably the more monolithic existing degrees that they've been offering for the last 10 20 50 years you do you ever see it kind of coming back where the universities are realizing that we've actually just got to move faster 
Uh, otherwise, we're going to start to become dinosaurs and become irrelevant in this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this is also came to me, and I was to to put something like a learning journey in the short courses. It's not one course and just mm -hmm. that's it. No, because normally when you give the short courses to the students after like um, long academic year, they are asking, okay, what next? What should they do now? Is this course enough for me to apply in the, in the marketplace or should they do something else? They don't know. They need to see the structure of this short courses. So that's why we created a learning journey to have professional certificate in different fields. For example, if you want to be professional content creators, you need to come to the university or come to the uh, corporate or executive training in, in the university, taking this kind of courses, then you will be professional. This is, I can guarantee for you that you will be aware about all the aspects, for example, for the content creation itself. So to, to give them all of this, you need to uh, uh, educate them about what the professionalism level in each uh, job or in each career. So you can give them like career uh, advice uh, or career uh, guidelines, uh, how can you reach and where you will start in the market. And this is actually the, the, the normal uh, career endeavor for you or the future for, of your career will be in these titles if you go through these things. And how can you be uh, relevant? Because the learning, it cannot be one time and that's it. I'm still taking some courses now, like I, I, I'm studying with Harvard Business School, trying to upgrade also for me uh, the leadership skills to understand how it works globally and how can I increase or enrich my experience in the leadership with the students and learning field. So learning, it's it's a, it's ongoing process. It is not one process or one, two short courses and then you stop. Of course, once you stop, it will be completely irrelevant. Yeah. It's, there's a very big question kind of um, surfacing in my head and and I apologize because this this might be too big a question and um, and do the best you can with this one. There's been a few conversations on this podcast about um, businesses themselves starting to understand that traditional learning is no longer sufficient and we're starting to see the emergence of, of kind of terms like learning ecosystems and where learning and development in organizations, businesses need to start starting to realize that they actually need to be addressing the needs of the business, um, understanding how the um, almost the kind of needs of the individual and the needs of the business need to align and how the learning journey becomes the scaffolding to make that process work efficiently and part of that is there's this almost kind of subtle pushback against these kind of generic all-encompassing courses um, towards things that are more tailored and niched towards that individual in that business at that point in time and what is their needs and I, I guess the, the question is, I'm starting to see there's like this, this subtle kind of, of bumping up between the more traditional kind of, of learning and development, which is very much where universities, um, learning companies, short courses and all these things, where they're, they're trying to be a catch-all to, to people who want to learn about a new body of knowledge. And on the other side, you have 
this growing awareness that learning needs to be tailored to that organization, its outcomes and the specific individuals and how they go through that. So I mean, how are you, I mean, are, are you starting to see this trend as well? And is it something that, that you're aware of? Uh, I'd love to know how you, how you kind of yes. seem to see it. And yeah, and sure, of course, uh, you're completely right. And the, 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 this is actually where still the gap is too big to cover between two things, as you said, it's still, uh, but we need to pay more attention for the outcome of this training because their time at this time when they leave the, the, the university or they, they feel that they already disattached from the market. So they need to take something extra to be prepared or qualified for the market. And once they take the one step forward to, to attend any courses, if they don't feel that the outcome of these courses, they will feel that they are wasting their time. It's again something like we waste another time in knowledge or taking some information that can that we cannot apply it in the market. So we need to pay more attention in this area where we can put them and qualify them in, in a real way to the market and link what they learned to a practical experience because actually we cannot deny the, the value of learning in the academic field is still there because the quality standard is still in the universities, the curriculum is still in the universities. You cannot just say it's not efficient now because they don't cover the practical uh, part. Uh, for me personally, I don't agree. We still need them. Yes, we need to uh, to upgrade, we need to develop, we need to be more modern, we need to follow uh, the corporate field because I feel this gap existed because of the gap between the academic uh, environment and the corporate environment. And they need to love each other <laughs> in, 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 in the future to, to minimize this gap. So that's why the student pay the price between this gap to have something or to invest in himself by uh, attending some short courses getting some uh, uh, tips online or getting to the AI to check what exactly they need mm. to, to develop and they are moving forward. But to be honest, uh, what I found for the students, they, they, they are very, very fast learner. Like sometimes I'm saying this is 10 times faster than me when I was at their age. <laughs> now they are very, very fast learner and the, uh, the ability to uh, to absorb the information and to develop themselves is very, very quickly. And sometimes you can find those students became better than uh, what you expect in a faster way, you know? So uh, and still this gap uh, has a big opportunity for the universities and for the training institutions to look into these things, not in a commercial way, mm. in a valuable way, because uh, the, you can see most of training institutions develop multiple of hundreds of courses and give them to the professional field, to the companies, to the students, where they don't feel this designed or tailored for them. So that's why, again, say, okay, I don't need any more information. Once I feel I need uh, more information or more training in a specific area, then I will search for the courses that I need. Mm. Right, so... so um... There's a part of, I mean, there's a part of me that absolutely agrees with that. I think that there's there's definitely I think this need for foundational knowledge, um, and and I, I absolutely believe there's a place for mainstream education. 
I think for me, there's, there's two elements that I, I still kind of struggle to wrap my head around. Um, the one is that with so much information at our fingertips due to technology, you know, the, the, the change has been it's less about accumulating rote knowledge and more about having continuous access to that rote knowledge and then learning more how to synthesize uh, that access to knowledge. In other words, that kind of cru that's critical thinking is, is I've got Google at my fingertips, um, all of the fake news and all that nonsense aside, you know, assuming that for the sake of this conversation, I assumed it was all correct. I've got access to any information throughout history that I need. My challenge is then how to synthesize that into, into something that's meaningful. And that could be a role inside the organization. It could be a job that I want to do. It could be a hobby or interest. So com I completely get that that's where universities sit. I, I guess my, my kind of where I'm still wondering is on the, on the kind of postgraduate type of stuff. You know, the, the guys who've been in an organization or company for 10, 10 years or however long it's been, um, and they're coming for these kind of short courses. And the, the problem is that every single person comes with a completely different background. Now, so it's, it's so much easier when you're dealing with students because you know they've all come from school. They're probably, you know, a little bit arrogant. They've, they've got this baseline of information. They know all of this stuff. But when you're dealing with people in that kind of executive education, then then that kind of it becomes very tricky because on the one hand i've got people with varying degrees of different levels of experience and knowledge and they're all going to be starting at very different levels bringing very different broad perspectives and insights on the second part i've got this the fact that every single one of those people are there for almost a different type of outcome within their organization you know, they're not all going to learn content management because they just want to be content managers. One might be going to learn content management because, you know, they they desperately need to do better writing um, inside their organization. Another one might be coming to do content management because they are looking to see how they can, you know, um, elevate their brands. You know, another one might be coming because they... Um, they have an opportunity to step into that role and they just want to find out what it's about. So every single one of them almost have a different success metric of what they want to get out of the degree. And, and for me, that's that's the missed opportunity here. That's where when you're, when you're a kind of a, a course provider, your job is purely just about have I taught you the curriculum? It's not necessarily about have I helped you successfully achieve that, that goal that you came in to this process with. Are you seeing you know, the universities, the course providers starting to actually do that linkage of saying, I know why you're coming here and, and let me kind of craft a journey for you that's gonna help you achieve that thing you came here to do? Yeah, actually this is where the corporate training comes It's normally when I'm dealing with any corporate entity that they want to train their staff or their employees, uh, the first thing I do, it's, it's uh, what exactly you would like to have as a learning outcome of this training. So I can have this uh, customized training programs for you. And this is the first thing came, I have something called skills gap analysis, where I can sit with the training provider and say, okay, 
you need to train these people to be better content managers, for example, as you said. And then they say, okay, I need them, yes, to be a manager. So say, okay, in which way or what the, 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 the most important skill do you need to develop? Or uh, is it about their skills? Is it about their knowledge? Is it about their attitude in the workplace? So I'm having this pre-assessment conversation with the training managers. And in, in the first phase, second phase, I need to set and know the level of each professional, not the background, because as you said, it's different backgrounds. But at the end, when you give corporate training, you need to give this corporate training for the goal of the purpose of the organization itself. And you need to lead those people within the training itself to the same goal, not to go through different uh, questions and backgrounds. And because everyone will try to prove their method, which is will try to prove this is better than the others. So within this pre-assessment or skills gap analysis I have, uh, I can build with me or with the instructors customized material in a very short way for the corporate to have the learning outcome. And normally once we finish, we discuss with the employer or with the uh, corporate or with the government if they need uh, on-job training. So we can offer also on-job training to make sure that they got the learning outcome that they need from this training. And sometimes we offer them free consultation for a month or three months as, a, as an added value for the training. If the message here for, from us to say, it is not only one training and go. No, we need to go with you in the, in the develop, development and learning journey that you have inside your organization and make sure you are achieving your goals within this training. Because the, 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 let's say that the stereotype or the negative impact that the corporate field got from universities or from the training institutions, that they pay too much money for the training and then they cannot measure the learning outcome from this training. So this is also, we need to look into this outcome and how we can shape it for the, the corporate field and also how we can make it more valuable for them. And tangible or measurable to see the outcome from the employees and themselves uh, in their marketplace. Mm. Okay. So I, I hope I, I think, answer your yeah. questions. I, I hope yeah, I'm not. I, I think it. I think it does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I, it. It was a very tricky question to answer. So um, I. It, it wasn't. I mean, I think it's. It's. I ask these questions because often these are the very things that I struggle with myself and and hope that. Yeah. The people on on this podcast will will share their wisdom, and I, I guess if I'm struggling with this, then there are a whole lot of other people who are struggling with this as well. Um, so the uh, two final questions, second last question, I always ask our guests to share a little bit of like knowledge or wisdom, and and just having gone through this conversation and and seeing that you know you're you're kind of you're coming from the the university side you're coming from the corporate education side but then looking at the person who is sitting inside that business or corporate in the learning and development role my question to you is is what what would you like to see from these individuals to kind of start to almost meet you halfway in in the kind of initiatives that you're creating uh, which means and clarify more just that. 
Yeah, so I, I'm guessing and saying, you know, in your in your engagements with people yeah. in learning and development in these yeah. organizations right now, you yeah. know, are are they ready and equipped to go when you when you kind of come with with your proposals or your ideas, or are there are there gaps when you get come into into kind of corporates and organizations that you're noticing, and and if you are, what are those gaps, and and what is your advice to people to kind of help fill them? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I understand now more. Uh, normally, I'm doing my visits for a cup of coffee with the learning and development managers to check first uh, how it works, uh, how the performance, how's the people, and to check if 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 they heard about the new topics that can enhance, for example, their uh, uh, their performance or productivity in the the marketplace. Having this conversation with the learning and development managers will give you the insight about what they need if they are suffering a certain way or if there is pain in this organization I can sort out with my training proposal or customized training for them then I start to approach I'm not going there with a, with a uh, corporate catalog I have these courses and I need to give it to you know this is uh, actually it's not my approach and also again I, I'm looking for the value not for the commercial side only so once I go there and visit those corporate entities whether it's government or a private sector i'm trying to see where's the pain points that we can sort it out uh, very quickly with, with the approach of the training or uh, corporate training for these entities and i'm always saying it's totally customized totally practical and intense taking in consideration the timing for the employees and also uh, their level of experience and uh, uh, because you know it's not easy when you finish eight hours a day working <laughs> to have another two, three hours again to train yourself. Mm. We're trying to make it in between. Sometimes in the weekend, sometimes two, three days within the week, very intensive, very engaging. And this is actually where we can meet the learning and development managers, telling them about how we can be a partner in what you do, not only a training provider. Um. And and just just to kind of like close out the latter part of that question is is when you're meeting with those learning and development managers, you know, is okay. is if you were to put yourself in their shoes, is yeah. you know, is there any advice that you would give to them to kind of of help them be more aware of these courses, these skill gaps, the the kind of initiatives that you are trying to to kind of build, um, just to be more either aware of them or to you know kind of be, um, I would say probably prepared isn't the right word, but just to like be able to facilitate the conversation more. In other words, give an example is, you know, how often do they have those clear metrics and measures that you need to kind of measure the success of your initiatives? How how well do they understand the individuals who are going on these on these courses and what their actual needs are how well do they understand the the business um, challenges that they're trying to address um, by putting people onto these courses are, are you seeing that they generally come quite well equipped or are they kind of um, often gaps that you have to try and fill there, there, there is some gaps. There, there, there is some gaps that uh, I'm, I'm always uh, saying to them: be more engaging with the employees. 
be more engaging with the, what they are suffering. If you are talking to the salespeople, ask them, are they achieving their sales target easily or they need something else? Or ask them about the support they can expect from the company or what if they have uh, uh, different ways uh, of approach, uh, of presentation, how's their presentation skills? Uh, uh, are they suffering in closing uh, stage or in presentation or approaching or prospecting in which sales cycle actually they are suffering? For? Sorry. So I'm giving them this example about salespeople, but again, it could be with the finance, it could be with HR, it could be with any other department in the, inside the corporate company. But having only surveys and uh, this uh, assessment by email, uh, giving them some piece of information to say if they need or they don't need, it is not enough to know actually what they need or not enough to develop the performance of your people. You need to be more engaging. You need to set with each department from time to time. You need to know actually how's the business work overall inside the company and what's the vision or what they need to achieve in each year and in each quarter. To be more involving with the managers, that will give you the edge uh, and bring them the, the, the most valuable courses to, uh, as a, to give it to them as a training. Otherwise, they will not feel the value of the courses or the value of what they need. Because sometimes they say, okay, we're already knowing this. We don't need it. Why are you bringing us? It's another waste of time. So yeah. not to having this kind of feedbacks, you need to set with them in the beginning, ask them. And if the learning and development manager don't do this, I have to do it by myself after taking their permission. Say, if you don't mind, if you don't mind I would like to sit with the people first to know before the training. Also, it's good for the instructor to understand exactly how they will uh, customize the material and how he will go uh, through uh, the training in each day. Uh, it, it's facilitated for both for them and for the instructor, uh, the training uh, delivery itself. Perfect, I think that's great advice. Um, final question um, is we always ask our guests to share a book, podcast or um, an event or anything that's that's happened in their lives recently that's had a profound effect on them so i'm reading now you're asking me to recommend a book yeah yeah okay uh, it's a uh, it uh, okay it came to my mind because i'm reading a book called bad bosses for uh, okay. for thomas Rickson. Okay, uh, why I'm reading this? Because I found people coming to me complaining sometimes from the conflict in the workplace and they don't know how to handle uh, this type of communications or they don't know how to handle between the clients and the management. So, because also in UAE, it's different cultures. You can find more than 150 nationalities in one place. So how to deal, how to understand, how to deal with the client and with the boss, especially if they feel this is bad boss. Actually, it's not bad boss. It's, it's a gap of communications. So this is what I found how, in, in the book, how to differentiate the communication styles for different uh, uh, kind of bosses. And actually, I'm enjoying and also get another book here, which is uh, surrounded by setbacks. Mm-hmm. Know it well, yeah. Yeah, for the same for the same Thomas Rickson. So this I'm trying. It's it's enjoying now to read about these things to understand more about the corporate and how they can uh, navigate their way uh, inside the companies and outside the companies as well. 
That's great. Well, thank you, Mustafa. I think it's been a, a great experience getting a little bit of insight into how things work um, uh, in, in Dubai and, and the UAE, seeing what you're doing, you know, kind of helping to, to bridge that gap between where the university stops and, and businesses start and starting to kind of I think lay the foundations for what is going to be a big component of the future of learning and development. So it was, it was great to chat to you. Great to get those insights. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Jason. It was my uh, great pleasure, actually. I enjoyed it a lot. And I love uh, to talk on this topic and uh, also sharing my experience in, uh, in this kind of, uh, of topics with, uh, with the people like you. Actually, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jason. You're welcome. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Impact Learning Visionaries. If you found it interesting or helpful, please subscribe by clicking on the button down below so you don't miss our next one. Also, be sure to check out our Reality Bytes blog for more information on how technology is aiding in learning development. Links are all in the description below. Go check it out. Thanks a lot. Bye.